is a tremendous honor for me to be able to share at this conference, Going the Distance. And uh, with that in mind, I'm going to invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to read verses 24 to 27. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. I want you to notice verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I want you to notice that very last phrase. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And then I just want to uh, flip back to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, in which it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Moses had been in the desert for 40 years, and God got his attention when he saw the burning bush. And from that moment, Moses was in possession of the will of God for his life. He had the promise and he had the uh, goal for his life. He was to go back to Egypt and to lead the children of Israel out of the nation of Egypt. And so when he went back into Egypt, he faced Pharaoh and by the power and the supernatural working of God, he brought the children of Israel out. And imagine the dynamic manifestation as they stood at the Red Sea and as Moses stretched out his rod and the Red Sea rolled apart and they walked across on dry ground. What a grand beginning of a great journey. Many of you can remember when you were first in possession of the call of God and the purposes of God for your life. You had the promise, you had the vision, you had the goal, and you knew that God would go with you. And so as you have begun this journey, it has been so exciting to see what God has done. But then as they went into the wilderness... As they went into the wilderness, even though they had this great beginning, and even though Moses knew that the promise of God would ultimately take them into the promised land, now for 40 years, they were in the wilderness. They had a great beginning. And they knew the goal. They knew what the end would be. But now, for 40 years, they're in the middle. In the middle between the promise and the prize. That's the hard spot. The middle. Yes, there were those moments of dynamic supernatural visitation, like when the Red Sea rolled apart. 
like the time the power of God came down, opened the earth, and swallowed all the enemies. What a, what a handy thing, eh? Get rid of those that are your enemies. <laughs> but then they, there was a few other moments in that 40 years of dynamic and supernatural intervention. But when you consider the space of time from Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, in that 40 years, those dynamic, eye-popping, heart-stopping miracles were few and far between. Most of the time, most of the time, they had to just get up in the morning, just do what they had to do. They just had to put one foot in front of the other and just walk through the desert. There was no dynamic miracle. They just had to endure as seeing him who is invisible. And I've discovered in my short life, which by the way is getting shorter by the day, that I just have to put one foot in front of the other and just walk on through the middle. Even though I am in possession of the promise and even though I know there is a prize, now in the wilderness, I have to just put one foot in the other and go forward. I like the wording of this King James that says, Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. In other words, he kept on going as if he could see the invisible God. But he could not. He could not. But he kept on going as if he could. I want to encourage you that as we go the distance, we need to endure as seeing our faithful God, even when we cannot see him. We need to hold fast in the middle. Oh yes, there was miracles. There was all kinds of little miracles. All kinds of little miracles. But they got so used to those little miracles that they didn't even see them anymore. Like the manna every day. They just took it for granted for 40 years. They went and picked their food off the ground every morning. They just, God just supplied a pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day. There was all kinds of miracles every day, but they didn't see them. And that's sometimes like us. There's all kinds of little miracles happening continuously around us. Stopping at the red light, missing the accident. For example, God was everywhere even though they could not see him. They had to endure as if they could. You know, in the middle, they told me that when those that are running marathons, uh, that 
yeah, you get a great start and you just bounce out there to run that marathon. And near the finish, there's the inspiration of seeing the goal. But in the middle of a long distance marathon, the person gets so tired, they don't have enough air, they don't have enough strength, they think, oh, if I can just keep putting one foot in front of the other. There is something called breaking through the wall, I guess, when you go a certain distance and then suddenly you get your second wind. And that carries you on also. But in the middle of the marathon, that's when the exhaustion tries to drain your strength and steal your courage. And so it is in the middle of the desert, in the day-by-day drudgery of just getting up and taking one step forward, that our strength can be drained by the drudgery of it all. That's when we need to endure as seeing him who is invisible. That's when we need to hold fast. There's no shortcuts to holding fast. I wish there was. I wish we could get a holy zap every now and again and just just be able to see some sparks and run on. And sometimes God might do that. (laughs) But mostly... It's enduring in the middle. You know, Isaiah chapter 40, 31, it says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We love the idea of mounting up with wings like eagles. And we love being able to run and not be weary. But there's nothing too exciting about walking. Walking. And yet this scripture says, walking and not fainting. In the drudgery of it all, we just keep walking one foot in front of the other, enduring as seeing him who is invisible. Wow. You know, as we think of holding fast, I want to give you three things that we need to hold fast in the middle. I believe the first thing we can say And we can say it in these trying days of difficulty that we're going through. The first thing we need to hold fast in trust. Trust. Hold fast in your faith in spite of the difficulty. Hold fast in trust. You know, as we walk on... One step at a time, just to keep believing God. The Bible says that Abraham had received a promise. 
That God was going to give him so many kids he wouldn't be able to count them all. Well, he left the land of his fathers, came into the land of Israel, and walked steadily on. But you know, 20 years, 30 years, waiting for the baby to be born, or all of these kids, and nothing is happening. The time got long. The journey was tiring. Yes, he had the promise, and yes, God said there would be a prize, but in the middle, he had to hold fast in trust to the promise of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 3, and Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. In the middle, another scripture says, who hope against hope, he believed in hope. He just hung on to his faith in God. He hung on to the promise of God. He hung on to the word that God had given him that he would have this great family. In the middle, when everything screamed, it's over. You're too old. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Where is God? It's too late. You missed the ship. In the middle. It was so disheartening and so discouraging. But he held on in trust. He held fast in trust to God. I want to challenge you. Hold fast in your trust in God. In the middle. Not only that, we need to hold fast to the truth. The truth. In the middle, we need to hold fast to the truth. If we're going to go the distance, We need to hold fast to the truth. I think of Joseph. Yeah, he was just a fine young man who'd received a vision and a promise that one day his family would bow before him that he would be a ruler of some kind. He didn't understand much and he talked too much. Besides, (laughs) he told people that (laughs) they didn't understand what it was all about. And as the Time went by. He found himself sold by his own brothers. He found himself a slave in the land of Egypt. It seemed so difficult, unbelievable, unimaginable. But but I had such dreams, literally. I had such ambitions. I was so sure that God spoke to me, but now in the middle, the temptation 
was great to compromise his integrity and the righteousness. It would have been so easy to say, what's the point? Nobody's here to ever find out. I'm young. I'm alone. Nobody loves me. <laughs> what does the truth matter when every voice is raised against me and I find myself alone in the middle? You know, in our society today, there are many opportunities, occasions in every way to compromise integrity, righteousness, and the truth of God's word, just to dilute it, just to say something a little smoother. So many opportunities for compromise or to lay aside the truth. But in the middle, Joseph held fast to the truth. I encourage you, in the middle, when everything around you screams, what's the point? What's the use? Nobody cares. Nobody matters. And, and what you do, it won't count for anything anyway. Why do you have to live so different and face so many obstacles? Lay aside. Relax. Compromise. But Joseph held fast to the truth. And because he held fast to the truth, God fulfilled his promise and he won the prize. My friends, in the middle, hold fast. In trust, hold fast to the truth. And one more point I want to make, and that's hold fast to the task. Hold fast to the task. The work that God has given you. If God has called you and put his anointing and his hand upon you, it is because he has empowered you to finish the race well, to go the distance and to hold fast to the task that God has given you. I think of the example of Paul. On the road to Damascus, he came into possession of the plan of God for his life to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And so faithful to that vision, Paul begins like a horse out of the chute, ready to run. And as he runs his marathon of ministry to the Gentile world, traversing Europe and Asia, in the middle between the promise 
the ultimate prize, the road got long. You don't have to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a whole list of stuff, or 11, that Paul had to go through. It says he was, he was imprisoned. That was the least of the problems. He was beaten five times with 39 stripes. He was beaten with rods three times. He was shipwrecked three times, etc. And there's a whole list of about five verses of all the things that he went through in the middle between his commission and his prize. I don't know about you, but beaten with rods three times. Beaten with whips five times, 39 times. I don't know, frankly, that would get really old real quick. <laughs> but Paul held fast to the task that God had given him and he ran on to fulfill what God had given him to do. I challenge you to run on and fulfill the task that God has set before you. Oh, you get a great start? That's grand. You can see a great finish? That's great. But it's in the middle. You've got to hold fast in trust. You got to hold fast to the truth. And you got to hold fast to the task. I have a friend that was a pilot. And uh, he said in his studies to be a pilot, this was many years ago, uh, he said they were continually told. Trust your instruments. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, know your instrument panel and trust your instruments. He said that was so pounded into their heads because they knew it was one of the most important lessons they needed to learn as young pilots. And so he said that one time he was flying this airplane from Lethbridge, Alberta to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. When he left Lethbridge, it was a beautiful winter's day, cold and crisp and clear. But about the time he crossed the Saskatchewan border, he came into a blizzard, of course. <laughs> and then very quickly, as the night was coming on, he lost the horizon. He couldn't see the horizon. He couldn't feel his bearings. The driving snow, the driving wind was bouncing his little single-engine aircraft. And he was frankly terrified. He was so sure they were going to go, he was going to go down. He was alone. He was so frightened. But as he kept going, just kept going and the little airplane bouncing, bouncing. 
Suddenly he must have had an air pocket or something, and he was already jittery and on edge. He had the sense, that's it. I'm going down. I just know I'm going down. And by force of training, he looked at the instruments and everything said, well, you're just fine. So he sort of settled down, but he was so edgy. And as they went on, he had this feeling. He just, because of the movement of the little airplane against these great winds and the driving snow, his imagination got the best of him. And he was absolutely sure that one wing, had, that the wing had lifted and that he was spiraling. And if you spiral, that means down. He was losing control. He was so sure the airplane had, uh, was spiraling that he was actually bending over. <laughs> inside the cockpit. He was trembling. He was perspiring. He was gripping his controls. But with all his power, he forced himself to look again at the instrument. And everything said, you were perfectly fine. You're perfectly fine. How can it be? And then he thought, then he thought, where am I? Where am I? Saskatoon. I should be arriving sometime. Where's Saskatoon? And so he began to call over his radio. Saskatoon, this is number so-and-so. Do you read me? Etc. And whatever their uh, pilots do when they're on the phone, I mean on the, the radio. So he was calling. Where is Saskatoon? The driving snow. He could see nothing. He felt completely lost in a panic. And then came that beautiful Saskatchewan voice <laughs> that said, we've got you on our radar. You're coming in exactly on your plan. You're arriving on schedule. We see where you are. Just hold the course. He said he settled down through the clouds. He said it was a wonderful feeling to know, first of all, that somebody knew where he was. But as he came down through the clouds, he saw the lights of the runway, and he settled down straight smackaroo down the middle of the runway. <laughs> Just hold the course. Just hold the course. And if there is a word I want to tell you, I want to tell you to hold the course in your trust in God. Hold the course to the truth of God. Hold your course to the task that God has given you. Just hold the course. And the day will come clouds will roll away you'll slip down through the clouds and you'll land right on schedule in his plan he's got you on his radar hold fast in the middle God has a plan don't give up he'll bring you through May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. 
May the Lord help you to go the distance and hold the course in Jesus' name. Amen.